Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Thursday, July 30th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Lawmakers grill big tech chiefs over antitrust concerns. Qualcomm shares soared up to a record high in after-hours trading yesterday, and the Federal Reserve stands pat on its monetary policy. Plus, 1MDB was a multi-billion dollar scandal. So how did Goldman Sachs walk away relatively unscathed? I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. The leaders of Apple, Facebook, Amazon, and Alphabet spent most of yesterday answering to Congress. Sometimes the questions were big, like did Facebook buy Instagram to lock up the market? Sometimes they were small, like why isn't a congressman's parents getting his campaign emails in their Gmail account? Here with the big takeaways is the FT's West Coast editor, Richard Waters. Although this was an antitrust hearing, Most of the Republicans who showed up came with an agenda that had to do with anti-conservative bias. You know, they distrust particularly Google and Facebook. They think that, you know, these platforms are operating in favor of liberals. What was remarkable in many ways for me was that something quite coherent came out of it. Uh, Oh, really? Okay. so uh, I guess what stuck out in your mind then? You know, I think I think going into this, we were all very interested in how Jeff Bezos was going to come across. There have been many complaints about Amazon's behavior. And I think what came across was it was clear that he hadn't appeared uh, in this kind of setting. Early on, he was very uncomfortable in some of the questioning. He failed to give very clear answers. He said on a number of occasions he didn't recall things. I think particularly damaging was a question about whether Amazon collects data from third parties, other companies that sell things on its platform. So let me ask you, Mr. Bezos, does Amazon ever access and use third-party seller data when making business decisions? And just a yes or no will suffice, sir. Um, Jeff Bezos really didn't give a good answer. I can't answer that question, yes or no. What I can tell you is we have a policy against using seller-specific data uh, to aid our private label business. Uh, But I can't guarantee you that that policy has never been violated. So, Richard, what were your big takeaways from this in terms of what direction Congress might go in? One very big question has been whether the U.S. antitrust laws are sufficient to deal with these big companies. And ironically, I think the hits that the politicians landed are actually things that could be dealt with under existing antitrust laws. I think Facebook was exposed in a number of ways through documents that were dug up by the committee. And they showed that Mark Zuckerberg, uh, eight years ago when he bought Instagram, was very worried that Instagram was a competitor. He made a number of statements that were exposed through these documents. He made a number of statements saying, you know, we at Facebook can go and buy the competition if any startup wants to challenge us. And in one conversation, the, uh, we presume the head of Instagram at the time said, you know, if I say no to Mark, will, will he come off? Will he kill my company, essentially? Facebook saw Instagram as a threat that could potentially siphon business away from Facebook. And so rather than compete with it, Facebook bought it. This is exactly the type of anti-competitive acquisition that the antitrust laws were designed to prevent. This should never have happened in the first place. It should never have been permitted to happen. And it cannot happen again. 
And it just showed how, how much fear there was amongst startups that Facebook is just going to roll all over them. So I think this stuff is very, very telling. A deal between Huawei and Qualcomm got investors excited during after-hours trading yesterday. Qualcomm posted strong fourth-quarter revenue projections during its earnings report yesterday, and the California chipmaker said a royalty deal with the Chinese telecoms giant will net Qualcomm nearly $2 billion over 12 months. It ends some tension between the two companies. Huawei had been withholding revenues and complaining about Qualcomm's licensing practices. As for its expected strong fourth quarter, Qualcomm said it was, quote, realizing the benefit of the investments we have made in 5G mobile technology. Shares in Qualcomm jumped more than 13% in after-hours trading on Wednesday. No major changes to U.S. monetary policy came from the Federal Reserve yesterday. Interest rates are already near zero, but the Fed did not mince words, saying the fate of the world's largest economy depends significantly on what happens with the coronavirus outbreak. The Fed also announced it'll continue emergency swap lines with other central banks up to the end of the first quarter of next year. Those facilities will keep currencies flowing around the world amid the virus's economic shocks. This week, Malaysia's former Prime Minister Najib Razak was sentenced to 12 years in prison for his part in the country's worst-ever corruption scandal. The case concerns the country's heavily indebted state investment fund, 1MDB. Billions of dollars appear to have been looted from the fund between 2009 and 2015. You might remember that some of this money was spent on expensive art, property, even to finance the movie The Wolf of Wall Street. Mr. Razak was convicted of abuse of power, breach of trust, and money laundering relating to the scandal. Goldman Sachs was accused of helping to raise this money, knowing that the fund was going to be looted. A former partner of the U.S. Investment Bank has pleaded guilty in the connection with the scandal, and a few days before Mr. Razak's conviction, the bank reached a settlement with the Malaysian government. Brooke Masters, our opinion and analysis editor, has more on how Goldman was able to limit the damage. What happened was Goldman helps 1MDB raise about $6.5 billion. The bank, for its work, was paid about $600 million, which in and of itself was something that other bankers thought was very odd because normally when you help an investment fund raise money through bonds, you would get you know, maybe a percentage of it. And here it instead got almost 10% of it. Goldman, however, was asked to pay much more than this $600 million. They definitely were asked to forfeit the fees that they got, but they also were asked at one point to pay up to $7.5 billion for having raised this money that then got stolen as sort of compensation to the country. In the end, they reached a deal with the Malaysian government where the Malaysian government dropped its investigation of 17 current and former partners and other executives at Goldman, and the bank agreed to pay $2.5 billion. It also agreed that it would help Malaysia sell some of the things the money got spent on, like the yacht and the jet, and there's a Beverly Hills hotel and an Oscar that used to belong to Marlon Brando. And Goldman has said, we will help you sell this, and we guarantee that selling all that stuff will generate another $1.4 billion. And so Malaysia should walk out of this with 3.9 billion, but of that, only 2.5 directly comes from Goldman's pocket. Do you think the bank has gotten off lightly for what's happened here? 
we don't know yet in that there is still one more very big investigation still going, and that is the U.S. Department of Justice. So to a certain extent, we don't know exactly how much Goldman is going to have to pay and whether the U.S. will require Goldman to plead guilty to a criminal charge. It did not have to do that with Malaysia. Goldman, however, does seem to have largely emerged pretty much doing okay. I mean, when they had their negotiations over how much to pay for this settlement, Malaysia's asking for $7.5 billion. Goldman offered less than two. They came out in the middle and they all ended up buds. There's this fantastic photograph where they all pose for pictures as if they had just done something really good for the country. Goldman is literally the bad guy paying back money. And instead, they're all smiling. I give a lot of credit to the Goldman negotiators that they somehow managed to make this all very pleasant and happy. And that is classic Goldman. How much has Goldman set aside in provisions? Will this ultimately do serious damage to the bank from your point of view? I think financially, Goldman's in okay shape. I mean, they have known for a while this is out there. So they have been gradually setting aside money over time. We should see them provision more for this by August 10th, which is when their quarterly earnings are due at the SEC. But they had a blowout second quarter in their trading arm because in the very volatile markets, they were able to serve as market makers and they you know, got fees for all the trading. And so the question will be, will the DOJ ask for more money and whether that will eventually make it harder for Goldman to resume paying dividends and do share buybacks? But in terms of lasting lasting damage, not that bad. And before we go, just a quick correction. In yesterday's show, we said that Facebook would be reporting its quarterly earnings on Wednesday. Well, that report was actually rescheduled because of the antitrust hearings that we talked about a little bit earlier in the show. Facebook actually reports today. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.